Good evening from Plugkit Studios. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. <laughs> and we are here with episode 544 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for Sunday, uh, December 8th, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, the world's becoming more augmented, Steam is getting more modern, and Quibi is looking towards the law. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, on any of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, uh, Mixer, Twitch, or Periscope, on any of the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or more, or of course on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights. Uh, at about 9 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can chat with us in the studio and give us your uh, feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, this evening, YouTube seems to be the place to be. We've got uh, quite a lively chat going on in there. Uh, definitely give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them, especially on the Pilch Point, which we'll get to in a little bit. If you can't join us live, that is okay. You can always go uh, to pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. And there you will see all of our shows and all the many, many ways that you can subscribe. Uh, and I think that's the spiel. Uh, before we get to uh, how our week was, or how your week was, Abram, <laughs> I want to talk about how my last 10 days was because it's been uh, unique. And it's one of the reasons why we weren't on the air last week. Both Abram and I had a ridiculous last weekend uh, with work, and that is why we had to cancel the show. Uh, I want to talk about my ridiculous weekend first. So, uh, you got it. for all of our regular viewers, you know that uh, in December of last year, we were sent some products from Monster called the Monster Illuminescence Mood Lighting Sets. We did unboxing videos, and we did uh, some how-to videos over the last year, and um, on Thursday night, I got an email from YouTube letting me know that uh, our viewership on a couple of the videos was up and that we should probably check into why. And so I went and I looked and uh, our viewership on those videos was up um, uh, 300, no, 100% would be, so 3,000% uh, over the past four hours. So I was curious as to why it turned out that a lot of you were commenting uh, about uh, not being able to uh, use the remote or not being able to pair the remote. Um, and since we had done a how to on how to pair the remote, we looked into it and a lot of you had said that you had purchased them on black Friday. And so what I did was I went out and I bought one on Thursday night. <laughs> I went out and purchased one. Um, and I came back and I tested it because obviously I have a lot of experience with the product. I tested it. You guys were not crazy. They were absolutely defective on a huge scale. Our calculation right now, based on the number of views and the number of comments versus the number of people, uh, the number of units that were in each store and how many stores Walmart has, we figure right now it's at least 40% uh, were defective. And that's just the people who have come to us and who have opened them uh, once Christmas comes around. We figure it'll be higher. So luckily, I have a relationship with Monster. 
So I reached out to several people inside the company. And over the last 10 days, I have been in contact with, uh, with the chief operating officer of Monster. I have been in, in contact with the floor manager of the factory in China that produced them. I can't show you my unit right now or even my box because I had to send mine to China to the factory so they can look into what might be going on um, so that uh, um, so that we can come up with a resolution for our viewers who have been looking for one. So here's where we are with that because I know a lot of people are looking for it. Um, the issue has absolutely been uh, narrowed down to this little bit on the uh, on the receiver. There is a uh, a radio array in there, which is what makes the the RF remote work. There seems to be something wrong with it. Uh, there is a conversation happening between the factory and the actual chip manufacturer. Um, my my unit should be arriving at the factory hopefully tomorrow. Uh, for them, that should be probably today. Um, and so they will be able to cut it open. They will be able to uh, take a look and figure out exactly what's going on. Uh, but here's the important part for everybody who's looking for a resolution on this. Everybody involved wants to solve this. Partially because everybody's embarrassed and partially because there was a lot of marketing behind this and they want you guys to have a positive experience. Uh, and I apologize to you for watching me. I keep looking over to the corner <laughs> when I'm talking about our viewers. That's because that's where you guys are right now is off to the corner. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, they're absolutely working on a resolution. As of right now, um, what they're hoping is that there will be something that can be done remotely so that um, they can solve this for you easily. My guess is that won't be the case. Um, I intend to be... Uh, in contact once again today once they receive the package and uh fingers crossed they will say yep there's a problem we're gonna we're gonna issue a recall on the on the receiver and uh, we will have this resolved shortly but the thing that i have been assured from the coo uh, whose project illuminescence is by the way that uh that uh they do want to solve this they don't they don't want to force you to send it back or anything like that. Um, they definitely want, uh, they want to resolve it for us. So that is where we are. Um, as of right now, uh, I don't have a firm commitment on what the resolution is, but the chief operating officer has said that they want to resolve it. And, uh, when the announcement comes, uh, we will get it first. So, we will bring it to you as soon as we have it. Fingers crossed we will have it a resolution in the next couple of days. So definitely uh, keep looking out for a video. That was my last 10 days. Avram, I, I know that a lot of your last 10 days was uh, well, was Black uh -huh. Friday-ish as well, but in a different uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, our company, like many... Um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is a big deal and making sure that we have 24-7 coverage of all of the deals that people can get and where to get them and what the best ones are is very important. 
so you know we work uh you know we work we have people on 24 hours seven days a week for a couple of weeks there and so um through this past tuesday i had worked like 17 days in a row at least eight hours a day usually 12 or more so it was a fun time um but uh you know so that uh, but you know we uh we managed to i'm sure help a lot of people find cool stuff that they could uh they could get so um you know that was my uh that was my a couple of weeks there just sort of how it how it uh happens this time of year every year uh but it's you know not not the most you know it's important but not necessarily a lot of fun um to be you know working those kind of those kind of hours but um you know you gotta um i did get to use you know i did get to to see some funny products with funny names but we (laughs) see those all the time if you look on amazon my favorite key my favorite sale product was the uh keyboard from the company whose name is spelled d-i-e-r-y-a um Uh and uh so if you you give a crap about someone this would be the ultimate gift um but uh you know it's uh so it was a intense intense couple of weeks there well i will tell you that uh you your work definitely helped me uh, because as many of our regular viewers know, uh, I've been uh, wanting to do a smart mirror project for a long time. And the thing that I needed at this point, because I finally found my, my one-way glass, uh, was a good monitor to put behind it. And uh, the HP that you guys listed from, uh, from uh, Best Buy is the one that I ended up purchasing because it fit perfectly inside the the framed mirror so i'm saying that's a that's a real tough project the the mirror um doing a smart mirror what are you using to power it um the computer that used to be yours behind the tv here Uh, for right now uh eventually a full pc for right now i mean it was a it's one of those little stick pcs that was a uh, uh, a wannabe version of the uh, the Intel compute stick that we got on Prime Day like two years ago. Uh, it's 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 pretty decent uh, for what for what we were doing with you, and it's way overpowered for what I'm doing with it now, <laughs> which is fine. My intention yeah. is I mean, I kn- is to put it on a on a Raspberry Pi, um, running uh, the Windows 10 build for it. And throw that back behind it because it's a UWP app. Um, oh, interesting, because I know that there have been a number of smart mirror app smart mirror apps specifically written for the Raspberry Pi. It seems to be a very popular project. Yeah, it is, and and I didn't want to use one of those projects. I wanted to start from zero because you know that's me. <laughs> that and I want to be no, able it's to. More, it's more. It's. I also want to be able to put our stats up. Just... <laughs> Which was going to be a challenge trying to use somebody else's platform. I'd love to be able to start my day, look at the mirror, have it tell me what the website stats were for overnight and stuff like that. So, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's cool. 
Anyway, um, with that, how about we get down to some news? This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. The, hol it's the holiday season and sales are upon us uh, on everything from tablets to laptops to um, the Xbox One, either S or X. Right now, you can save up to $150 on an Xbox, uh, starting at just $199 for a brand new uh, Xbox One S all digital. But it's not just that. There's games, there's apps, there's also um, Samsung products, VR and AR headsets, and a whole lot more. If you're a current uh, active student or uh, you're active military, you save 10%. And you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, speaking of AR... <laughs> um, this week was a big one for AR, um, augmented reality, for those of you who may not be familiar, uh, because Qualcomm, uh, during their Snapdragon uh, Summit, announced the newest member of their, um, what they call cross-reality uh, plat hardware platform that involves uh, 5G, so you can have a truly untethered augmented reality uh, experience, which when it comes to augmented reality is important. Uh, the idea of being tethered, can you imagine how Pokemon Go would have worked if you had to carry a laptop with you to make it work? Uh, or you had to have um, a Wi-Fi hotspot in your pocket or some kind of craziness like that. It just never would have never would have worked. So the idea yeah. uh, that, that you know, an untethered experience is now easily possible through 5G is fantastic. But here's the, here's the real exciting part. Uh, they announced a partnership with Niantic, the company responsible for Pokemon Go, um, the Wizards Unite game from Harry Potter, um, Ingress, basically everything that has made uh, augmented reality exciting except for uh, Minecraft Earth which comes from Microsoft uh, they have all come from Niantic and they're making their own hardware and they're making the Niantic uh, augmented world platform available to developers both on their hardware and on others so Niantic's making hardware using Qualcomm's new platform meaning it'll have 5G and sent it to Niantic, it will have at least two killer apps at launch. It will definitely have Pokemon Go and uh, and Harry Potter, which is one of the things that has made things like the Hololens less, or or God forbid, Magic Leap uh, problems is that there's been no real killer thing. We talked about it with VR. Here we are talking about it with AR. There's been no killer reason to have it. The idea of having a, a small, very small, if the Qualcomm uh, uh, reference hardware is any indication, really small hardware that uh, plays Pokemon Go right in your head, I think that might sell the hardware. <laughs> what do you think, Abram? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I sure hope so. I mean, it sounds... 
it, I mean, I think that's what we've that's what we've been waiting for. It is now, of course, I'm sure there's going to be some if this becomes popular or even a little popular. I think there could be somewhat of a backlash against it. There was, of course, you know, there was the backlash against people wearing Google Glass and backlash with restaurants. There was restaurants were passing, uh, putting up uh, rules that you couldn't wear the Google Glass in their stores. Yeah, like like how many people had it anyway? It was super expensive and didn't do much. Right. But um. But yeah, they there was such a huge backlash against that, and I could see there being. Uh, being backlash against this, of course. People walking around, all these people with their heads in it, you know. Now, I think it's great. Um, I'm not. I never really got it. I never got into Pokemon Go because I'm, because despite what my my son wants, <laughs> I'm not super into Pokemon. But we went out, um, like my wife is. But we went out to, we went out and played Minecraft Earth the other day. And I really enjoyed that, even yeah. though I'm not a big Minecraft player. Regularly, Minecraft Earth was really, I found it more fun than actual Minecraft. Uh, and that was that was really cool. Now, it is a little bit socially awkward because you're walking, we were walking around the neighborhood and like, just like walking around, staring at our phone, stopping in front of strange people's houses. Like, oh, yeah, I got this thing here. Now, I guess... I don't know if they're just this smart or whatever, but like the, they have in Minecraft Earth this concept of something called an adventure. Uh huh. Right. Those so are the like, beams of light, right? Yes. Oh, did you did you, did I talk to you about this already? You tried it? Oh, I've been playing it. <laughs> I haven't done the oh, adventures been, oh, yet okay. though, because I never find them locally. So please tell me about uh, the adventures. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know I'm taking it off the rail a little bit, but I but this is what you want on this piece of hardware is right. Hopefully it will also work with, with Minecraft earth. Well, considering um, Microsoft's whole so, thing is, is about cross platform, uh, availability on all their yeah. stuff. I would imagine. So you won't find it on, so on magically, but that's a whole different. <laughs> where do you find a magic leap? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody seems to have ba them based on uh, the, uh, based so, on the report that came out this week, they've sold 6,000 units total. We we ordered one for my job and it never arrived. So I believe that. You, know. you also so, had your um, your weird demo that one time. Anyway, so let's let's talk on. Uh... So 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 anyway, so when you get to the 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 part in Minecraft Earth where you see the beams of light, if you go over there, what was kind of neat is I was a little worried that it was going to be like in front of some person's house and they were going to like they were going to like call the police or something. For me standing in front of their house doing the adventure but i don't know if it's just that smart or just a happy coincidence that the adventures were all like right in front of my son's elementary school huh. they were like one of them was like right behind the school and one of them one and a couple of them were in front of the school but they were all like interesting they were all like in parts of his schoolyard so at least that's sort of like a public place not somebody's house right um and, um, huh. you know, and on the outside of it, so you didn't have to like go into the like school, right. school yard to do it. But anyway, so, uh, when you get there, um, it has you, it lets you place a, like, 
an AR widget, like an AR like thing. So we went to one and it was like, okay, put this, like, tell us where you want to put this thing. And this thing was like a flat brown square. I was like, I don't know what this is about. You put the flat brown square down, like on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then you go over to it and peer down and it's like a pit with skeletons in it. And the skeletons are coming and you have to like fight the skeletons okay. with your sword by tapping on it. Okay. So I don't know what some of the other adventures were, but that was that was kind of cool though. I kept getting killed. I kept getting killed by the skeletons because I guess I didn't have whatever I probably should have had to beat them. But Fair enough. you know that that was kind of fun. I don't think they have anything cool like that in, in Pokemon Go. Um, you've got your gym battles. You've got PvP now. There's. There's some stuff, but it's not it, obviously it's not quite the same. It's definitely not quite as active as that. Yeah. So that so that was pretty cool, but mostly we were just going around like capturing stuff, mm -hmm. and then well, I guess as you've seen, you can then use it to build things. Right. I was I was not quite as interested in the building things part um, as just like I was going around like, oh look, there's a cow, you know. You. This is why you and I get along, Abram, because that's exactly how I feel. I, I, have, <laughs> I haven't gotten into the building part of it at all, but the idea of going around and making making the the duck make chicken noises, or is it the other way around? I can't remember now. They, it makes the wrong noise. That amuses me to no end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's because, like, I was with my son and he was into it and we're walking. We're like, oh, wait, there's a cow over there. Let's see if we can get it, you know. Uh -huh. uh, honestly, I still don't totally get Minecraft, even though my son is so into it. I have to admit, embarrassingly enough, that it kind of makes me nauseous because the low-res graphics and the fact that you're constantly, the camera's constantly zooming in. So you're like, whoa, this thing is just now in my face. No, uh -huh. it's not. Uh gives me motion sickness when I play actual Minecraft, which yeah. I don't have that problem with, with the AR version. Sure. And, 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 and so, but then like all they're doing is sort of building stuff, but it's sort of like, eh, you know, you got a zombie, you've got a pig man, you've got a cow, you've got to make a sword that smacks apart in two, two after you use <laughs> it for two seconds. I don't uh, know. Yeah. But, but obviously there's a huge, huge, huge community for it and so i actually thought the game was the game was pretty cool yeah i i've definitely enjoyed it and imagine if if it was a little even more immersive than than what we're talking about on the phone where it's you know literally you're looking around like normal and seeing these things and being able to interact with them you know the my big ar experience is with the hololens it's the uh the space invader type game that comes with it where things start coming out of your walls and stuff like that you know that it's a tremendous amount of fun but it's like an eight minute demo the idea that you could literally just be walking around and at, at plus it requires wi-fi this you can walk around anywhere interact with the stuff it was it was kind of the promise of ar and and with uh with qualcomm and then niantic making their their uh game platform available uh, to outside developers, I mean that's that's fantastic because that's the hard work, right? Is building the 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 ability to throw external data into the real world. That's the hard part, and they're going to make that available to other developers. We might have some really killer stuff come out of this. 
I mean, the coolest concept of AR that I've seen, but they've, I've never had it working in front of me. Well, I've had like a single player version mm-hmm. is um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Lenovo's AR headset where you you do lightsaber duels. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And it worked. I've tested it. It worked moderately okay playing an NPC, but supposedly if you have two headsets, you could actually like lightsaber duel your friend. Right. And that would, I think that would be a great use of AR where you're actually sure. doing something with another person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be great. You know, any anything that's PvP and AR would be, that was a whole lot of letters, not a whole lot of words. Um, any, anywhere where you're doing player versus player in augmented reality, uh, has a lot of promise for a lot of fun. So yeah, the, the lightsaber duels were an obvious, uh, an obvious place to go and be, because it sounds like so much fun. So obviously it'll take a little while before we see any of this stuff, uh, come to life right now with the fact that, like I said earlier, magic leap is sold maybe might have only sold 6,000 units total. And who knows that might include yours, Avram. Uh, um, and yeah, and you know, that puts us with basically the Hololens being the the only thing out in the wild right now. But when these things start to start to hit, we could see some really cool hardware. I'm super excited because I think everybody knows AR and I are friends. So <laughs> super excited to see this stuff happen. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. When you're browsing online, you want to hide your uh, browsing history, whether it be from your ISP or Google or Facebook or whoever it is. Uh, and the easiest way to do that is with a, uh, a VPN service like PureVPN. Right now, they have a, uh, a deal running 88% off. Uh, the way, basically, the way it works is if you purchase a five-year plan, you will get it for a dollar thirty-two a month. Uh, there are plenty of other deals available right now as well, and you can find all of those deals by going to pilchpoint.live/purevpn. All right, Avram. The the sales insanity has has started to calm down a little bit, so. Uh, what have we got to talk about this week? So this actually could feed into what you're buying this holiday season. The eternal question that could be asked at any time, but uh, I've asked it recently. Uh, are you better off buying your next PC or building it from scratch? Now, for most people who visit um, Tom's Hardware, uh which is my day job, they, uh, a lot of them want to build, want to build a PC for very good reasons. And, but there are some who, who do want to buy it. And so I looked at the arguments on both sides and, you know, what it actually would cost to build versus buy, um, at least as of last week. So obviously uh, if you're buying a, a laptop, let's just get this out of the way. You can't build a laptop. So there, there's no, there's no way you would buy, you would build a PC. Um, but 
uh, if you are looking for a desktop to do your uh, to be your your main PC, your gaming PC, uh, if you build it, obviously you get to have it your way. Every single component you pick, you get to decide the look of the chassis, the you know the lighting arrangement inside. You got You get to make sure that you have name a name brand. Uh, power supply and and motherboard um and ram you get to um and you and when you're done with it you feel a sense of pride of ownership like wow i built this and it works great um you also can can save some money uh it particularly you can also save some money if you have existing parts that you're reusing so we'll get to in a minute the difference the cost differential between buying a pc and building a PC from scratch, but there's no comparison if you're already, say, reusing a whole bunch of the parts from a previous build. Uh-huh. So if you have a power supply that's, you know, been good for you in 600 watts or something, and you've got a case, I mean, I used to have a chassis that went through, went with me through like four builds, you know, I mean, you know, case and power supply right there, that's probably, you know, at least a hundred, hundred fifty dollars worth of worth of value right there. And then if you know, if you're reusing your storage drives, you know, it uh pretty soon you you know, a lot of the cost has already been defrayed. Now, there are lots of reasons why you'd want to buy a pre built PC. For one, time is money. Sure. Um, you know, if it ta- even under the best, if the price difference between a a pre-built PC and building it yourself, let's say it costs two hundred dollars more to get the pre-built PC, but you know, you know, it takes you six hours, five six hours after all the after all is said and done to to build a PC. I don't know, you know, if you're if if you if you make $40 an hour, that literally could be, you could have worked for that or, you know, your time is, you know, your time is precious. So, you know, and you'll have lower blood pressure. Cause if you get something, if you get something that's pre-built, it's guaranteed to work out of the box. Uh, and if it doesn't, you send it back and you get a, a warranty and support for everything as opposed to, well, maybe you get a warranty on the SSD, but it's different from the warranty on the RAM and the motherboard. So if something's wrong, you don't know. You may not immediately know which it is, which which part is defective, and which one you need to send back. So, you know, so it's definitely a lot easier and to 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 buy a pre-built PC. But a lot of people feel like, hey, I like to have it my way, and you can save money particularly if you are if you are uh, recycling parts sure. but what if you're not so i start so in my article which you can read on tom's hardware i put together two different pc builds uh from scratch uh and i priced how much it would cost to build each pc versus buying as similar of a desktop as i could find granted you know when you're out shopping for a pre-built pre-built pc very often 
you're not going to find exactly the same thing that you configured, but close enough. So my sub $500 build uh, featured a Core i3-9100F processor, an RX 570 graphics card, 8 gigs of RAM, and a 512 gigabyte 660, uh, Intel 660p SSD. Uh, that came up to, when I priced it two weeks ago, $478. The closest uh, I could find online was a CyberPower gaming PC that was 600 bucks, had a Ryzen processor instead of a Core i3, uh, and a 240-gig SSD with one terabyte hard drive instead of a 512 SSD. Uh, or an HP Pavilion desktop that had a Core i5 processor and a GTX 1650 card, uh, but but just but just a one terabyte hard drive. And if you wanted it with an SSD, that took the price up from 549 to 709. So what you're talking about is somewhere between the price delta between what I built and what it would cost you to get something somewhat similar mm -hmm. is at least is at least one hundred and twenty dollars. But probably if you want if you want the full SSD, at least the five twelve SSD, probably more like one hundred fifty two hundred dollar price delta. Um, similar story when I was building a. I actually did three builds, building a sub $1,000 build with a Ryzen 5 3600 CPU and an RTX 2060 graphics card and a one terabyte SSD. Um, my build cost $986. Um, the best... Um, The best deal I found was something called a SkyTech Legacy Mini, brand I never heard of for 1079, which had a lesser CPU than mine, but otherwise similar specs. Uh, and and that was 1079, so about a hundred dollars more. Okay. So the price differential seems to be somewhere depending on what you get somewhere around um a hundred dollars a hundred to two hundred dollars between building and buying uh, although the diff the difference goes way up if you want to build with a large ssd because as we said on a previous show you really get gouged when you get when you get a large ssd uh on a pre-built system you know, if you want a terabyte or two terabytes of storage, it comes fairly cheap when you buy it on your own, but not so when you get it in a system. So, so what are we talking about? Maybe a hundred to two hundred dollar uh, price differential. Now, let's also to keep in mind that it's actually even less of a delta than that when you take into account that my that I didn't price a Windows license into the mm -hmm. into this. Uh, because we know that, well, you can get a Windows key fairly cheaply, and some people already have one. And I didn't price a keyboard and mouse into this uh, because I think even if you buy a, a pre-built desktop, 
the the keyboard and mouse that they give you are usually so crappy that you should buy one on your own anyway. But those things have value. And, you know, when you take it into account, the fact that the keyboard and mouse might be worth 30, 40 bucks, that a Windows license, you know, might be worth, I mean, if you bought it wholesale, you know, retail from Microsoft would be 120 bucks. you know, the price differential between build, build it and buy it is is very, very small. Um, so I think this really comes down to a do you have do you want to take do you really want to have it? How important is it to have it your way to have the system look the way you want to have it, you know, get all the things you want now if obviously if you're doing things like overclocking um you're gonna want to get better cooling than you'll probably get in a pre than most pre-built systems Mm -hmm. but um if you're not doing anything you know if you're not doing like really heavy overclocking the reason the reason to to build is really because you want to have it look a certain way. Right. You want to make sure that these are parts that you really like, uh, all of those things. And, you know, that's why I personally would build instead of buy. But uh, I think if you look at the economics of it, um, it comes out to be kind of a wash. And one of the reasons that we've talked about in the past that might uh, that might drive you to to build versus buy is there are certain components in a pre-built that not only you don't have control over, but you don't know what they are, right? Like you don't know, you don't necessarily know what hard drive is going to be in a, in a system. You don't necessarily know. Yeah. Right. There, there are certain, certain brands of things that, <laughs> that might be important to you. Uh, even if it's not, you know, a terabyte versus a terabyte of, of hard drive space, you know, the difference between a, uh, a no name and a and a big brand could be important, or uh, now, even between models. That, that, this is true. There, this is true. I mean, another way to do this, which I think the premium's a little higher, so the delta's a little higher, uh, is you can go to a site like um, CyberPower PC, and you can literally pick. Uh, I believe I buy power is like this too you can literally pick like what SSD you want and what RAM you want and what motherboard you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will, and they have a, like a pull down menu with like, like hundreds of them. So in effect, they're just putting it together for you. Like you might for yourself, but the, in those cases, you're usually spending a, a fair premium because you're getting it made, made to order versus getting something that is off the shelf. Uh, at, at Best Buy, and those things that are off the shelf, you definitely don't. You usually don't know what brand and model of SSD you're getting, for example, and that makes a difference in your performance. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you there's a big difference between getting like a cheap SSD and getting one, you know, one with with a much more high quality controller and high quality you know, high, high quality flash and stuff like that. So, um, yes, if you, and that's why people who are really concerned about performance will probably either 
build it themselves or they will have it completely custom made um, just to save themselves the effort. Um, but for, I think, a lot of people, and I'm not just talking about people who aren't tech savvy, like, you know, the classic example of, you know, my mom, mm -hmm. um, you know, well, my mom wouldn't use a desktop. <laughs> she wouldn't use need a GPU because she's not playing games. So, you know, um, but, you know, I think for most people, um, most people who are, who are serious PC gamers know their, know their components uh, at least a, a bit. And, and so they do have to shop around and find, find good stuff, but clearly, um, you know, building is still, you know, preferable if you have the time and you have the patience, but, um, for a lot of people, you know, it's just simply easier and not really significantly more money to just, to just buy, to just buy an off the shelf system. Um, what would I do? I would, I would build it, but, um, I think it's, you know, I think it, it really depends on, on the person, but I think what was an eye opener for me is that it's actually not, uh, much more money to, to get it. You're not paying a significant premium to get it pre-built, but I guess what you are paying in, as you say, is it may not be the brand of SSD that you want or the brand of RAM that you want or the, um, you know, may not be the brand of power supply that you want or the fans that you want. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the best argument for building. True. And, uh, and you said that you've got an article on this out there, right? Yes. So if you go to tomshardware.com, you can check out my story on should you build or buy your next gaming PC. And uh, please let me know what what you what you think. I think uh, what most people who have read it have said is, you know, as someone who's reading this, I want to build it. But I know that and I know that there's somebody who should buy it. Uh, so that's uh, th that's that's the story. Makes sense. Well, Abram, as always, uh, I I always love these these stories from you because they're always they're always so interesting. Because you know we've talked about it many times. You know, you and I have kind of always built our our computers, other than my my Surfi, um, which for those people who are new viewers is the plural of Surface, as far as I'm concerned. Um, as far, as far as my Outside of my Surfi, all of the computers that we use, whether it be here in the studio or the office or whatever, are all uh, custom built. Um, and that's probably a lot to do with I want to and <laughs> and some to do with, you know, the the things that I want are odd because the things that I need, like for the studio are odd. <laughs> Um, and so it just makes more sense to custom build, but yeah, it, with a, with a price difference that close together for most people, it's probably, uh, probably irrational to try and try and have one custom built because if you're not doing it yourself, you're going to be paying that premium to somebody else to do it for you anyway. So it, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Now, you know, listen, I'm trying to gather up the parts so my so my son who's seven and I can build him a desktop PC, uh, and part of the reason is just just to have that experience. Mm -hmm. so.
Makes sense. Well, as always, Abram, thank you, and I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and on console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a new keyboard or a mouse uh, to go with the PC that you just bought <laughs> or are currently building, um, or you're looking for a whole system like um, a Razer Blade uh, stealth laptop or something like that, uh, you can find all of that with some really great deals running right now by going to f5live.tv slash Razor. So it's been a year since, uh, since Epic Games launched their Epic Games store. Uh, and when it happened, there was a lot of concern over what it might mean. Uh, we talked on the show about how you know, fragmented stores could eventually lead to, uh, you know, the the problem that the Windows Live games created, where you know if something goes wrong, uh, the things that you purchased might disappear. Uh, but what we really worried about was what it might mean for Razer. Nope, for Steam. Sorry, my brain's still on the promo for Steam. Uh, who? has been complacent. They have definitely been the industry leader for since they came about. Uh, they have owned the game, uh, the PC game store market for 15 years. And when you're complacent, you can be displaced. And you can be displaced easily. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, to those of you who are asking about the monster LED lights, we uh, we talked about those at the top of the show, uh, but we'll be posting this later. Uh, this once the live is over, it'll be out anyway. Um, so when you're complacent, you can be displaced. Just ask Microsoft and uh, Windows Mobile, who used to be the largest operating system for smartphones and today doesn't exist. Uh, so or Palm for the same thing. Uh, so there was some fear there, but Steam seems to have responded to the challenge really well. Uh, for years, Valve has promised that there was a Steam update coming. There was going to be a, a refresh of the library. There was going to make dealing with lots and lots of games easier because over 15 years, many of us have ended up with libraries that are ridiculous and trying to find things and sort things really was not a pleasant experience. And they had been promising for years. It was coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it's here. Why is it here? Because of Epic. Uh, because there was a challenger. They no longer felt complacent. And uh, it might have gone further than that. It might have actually like revitalized the company. It might be why they decided to do their own VR hardware. It might be why they decided to to bring uh, um, Half-Life back. You know, Valve seems to have awakened from a slumber of a number of years, 
And I think it's at least in part thanks to Epic, which turned out to not be a terrible game store, uh, which was the other fear was that it was going to be terrible. And that was just going to lull Valve into a deeper sleep. So I'm personally, I like the, the, the Epic store. Um, I think it works real well. And I like what, what Valve has done. I think this is, Turning out to be a, a a good thing for the for the industry, Ava. So, how many games can you get in either store? Like, uh, is are there a lot of games that are cross store? No. There's there's not a whole lot of cross. Um, so, so Epic did something interesting. Um, they so so they set themselves apart first by offering. Uh, an 88% revenue share, which is totally different from Steam, which is 70, which is a huge difference. So for indie developers, that 18%, huge. So a lot of indie developers have gone uh, Epic entirely, and Epic has been paying for exclusives. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't be in both stores. Um, you know, we talked, uh, there was a, a story... Maybe six months ago, maybe not even that long ago, we talked about um, there was a game that had launched on Kickstarter, done really big. They had promised day one codes on Steam, but then they signed an exclusivity deal with with Epic. Uh, and so those codes weren't going to be coming for Steam and people could get their money back. So so Epic has definitely been buying exclusives because it's a smart thing to do if you're going to try and get the game market started. But those exclusives run out. So even the things that are exclusive, um, I think the one that we talked about had a, either a six-month or a 12-month uh, window on the exclusivity. And then they they said, we will definitely be in Steam on that first day we're allowed to be. So there's there's definitely games that are cross, but there's a lot of stuff that's coming that's launching exclusive to Epic because there's money in it. You know, if you can save that 18% so, commission, I mean that's huge. So, but it, what this means to you as a consumer is that you, if if you want to have your choice of games, you're going to have to run, have both of these pieces of software installed. True. But if you want to buy it's anything not, from, I don't. If you want to buy anything from EA, you have to have Origin installed. And if you want to buy anything from uh, from Ubi, you have to have whatever their thing is called, UA whatever. So it's it's far from right. the first example so, of it. Right. So it's a proliferation of even more even more uh, software that you need to play games, which, you know, is is fine as long as they don't all start up when you boot your computer. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely had to go in and make sure that that my epic did not launch with the PC. Because we've had like we we do you know a lot of laptop tests where we test with different games and sure. i think we've ended up with multiple different stores on there and then you boot up the computer and it's like oh it's got to load this and this is popping up in your face and mm -hmm. that and that and you might as well that. go get a sandwich because um, it's going to take uh, so long to load yes yes and of course none of these none of these stores wishes to be humble and say like no, I'm not going to by default cause myself to, you know, load at boot time because 
why wouldn't you want to have uh-huh. the Epic Game Store running at all times? Why wouldn't you want to have, you know, the Steam Store running at all times? Right. Yeah. So, at least Steam, when you install it, it asks you know, as part of the install, "Do you want this to to load on on startup?" Epic did not give you that choice. Steam did. At least last time I installed it, Steam yeah. gave me the choice, but Epic did not. I. I, I just I, I it's just one of my peeves how many different things want to load yeah. at the start of Agreed. At, when you boot your computer that you don't necessarily need mm-hmm. uh, and then you forget uh, you forget about them and then like every time you're trying to computer like oh I gotta close this thing uh-huh uh, I gotta and, close this thing and when you turn on the computer it's so, not like you have usually it's not like you have a long window you're like oh you know what? I'm going to go and turn that setting off right now. You're like, I've got three minutes to be on a conference call. I got to close this thing and move on. You know, right. <laughs> it's never like this leisurely right, right. experience. Like, yeah. Like I have something on my desktop now, not a game store, but like I installed a V a, uh, you know, I was just trying out a VPN client, sure. a free VPN client a, a while back. And, um, it just keeps popping up uh-huh. and you know, and you know, I understand why they would do that. Well, of course you want to use us sure. all the time. Well, maybe not. So <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's like, I guess ultimately this competition is good for the consumer, but it's, but let's be fair. The competition with not too many games crossing over it's not like someone is going to install an Epic Games, the Epic Games app, because they like the UI better than they like Steam's. Right. At least they're not going to do at it. At least not today. The game that they want to. Yeah, they're going to do it because the game they want to play is there. Is there? Right? Is only it's, there. It's, it's like asking. It's like asking, you know, which, which is better, um, you know, Netflix or Disney Plus. Right. Like people are going to get uh, yeah. get one or the other or both because they want the content that they can't get in the other one. Not because yep. they not because they love the the UI more or, you know, the, the features. Right. Yeah, exactly. And at, at some point there will be a lot more crossover than there is today. But, you know, as part of their their launch, Epic definitely wanted to have exclusive uh, content and. Again, for indies, you know, we've done a couple of a couple of uh, game reviews recently that have been epic exclusives simply because of that eighteen percent difference in a in a commission. I don't I don't blame them at all. A twelve percent commission instead of a thirty is is huge if you're if you're a little little developer uh, charging like ten bucks for your game. You know, buck twenty instead of three on every sale is a huge difference. So, you know, there'll be some that will never cross over, but I I would imagine this time next year when the launch exclusives have expired, we'll be having a different conversation. But I think it'll still be good for Valve, uh, not bad for Valve. So.
This week's uh, news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Riff Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Uh, Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like Robo Vampire. I am not kidding. It is a vampire movie that looks like it stars a very low-budget Robocop. Uh, the way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, you play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you might find that movie, and laugh. Um, they also do live events, many of which make it onto uh, the site later on as uh, purchasable content. And they also have short films, industry insider films like The Importance of Springs, or uh, those terrible films that we watched uh, in like elementary school, and they finally make them watchable. And you can find all the short films, all the live events, and all the feature films by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. All right, so um, obviously there are, in the U.S. right now, there are a lot of uh, uh, contenders for the nomination for president, and all of them are trying to separate themselves some of them do them with some interesting pitches. Uh, this week, Bernie Sanders made a pitch suggesting that um, the government take a stronger hand in uh, the Internet, not net neutrality, which he said was a separate issue that he would also address, but that uh, the federal government should make it so that the uh, local municipalities could have their own government-run Internet uh, connections. Essentially, creating a government monopoly to replace the evil monopoly uh, that he sees as several companies. Now, here's the thing. Yes, <laughs> there's obviously there are a lot of places where there are either no choices or only one choice. Uh, our office is one of those. Uh, we have several Internet choices in our area, but our office only has one. Uh, AMROC our advanced manufacturing robotics center that we've built over in Tampa is the same way. We only have one choice uh, for internet service there. And obviously that means that if people aren't watching, they can get price gouged. Um, but the federal government has a plan, has a thing. In, we literally talked about it in the last show. It's the universal service fund that uh, offsets the cost of developing, uh, bringing, service to places that are underserved or not served or places that couldn't ever make money. Uh, I don't know the idea, the idea of, of the, uh, the government getting involved directly in internet access sounds like Bernie's going, Hey, you remember that, uh, that, uh, NSA stuff that, that rocked the country and made Edward Snowden international fugitive. I think that was a good start, but what if we cut out the middleman? <laughs> That's what I, mean, I hear. I'm, I'm okay. I'm reading the plan on, you know, w while uh, looking this mm -hmm. over, I loaded up the actual plan page mm -hmm. on berniesanders.com. And I'm not seeing, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I'm not seeing a proposal for, the government to take ownership of the ISPs. It, it sounds like, and this isn't really spelled out 
while while there's a lot of text here, I don't think that they've really spelled out exactly what uh, exactly how they would do this, but that they would treat your somehow treat the um, your local ISP as as a public utility, which which is like which is like how ele- the electric and water are treated and those and those are not run by the government they are run by companies sometimes very flawed uh, companies i must say and in, in the case of what it is like uh here where i live uh but you know they are just subject to a certain amount of heightened scrutiny because because only one you know they have to now i I don't know that you could say that with internet they have to have a monopoly with electricity they kind of have to have a monopoly because how many companies can run electric power lines through the ground or or through the poles and how many can you know run water through the pipes right although there are not in i think in anybody's interest although there are places where the Lines are not necessarily owned by the power companies, but that's and there's multiple power companies. It's a weird situation, but yes, in most places they are they are solo. And when it comes to water, of course, that is definitely solo. the The part of his proposal now, obviously, that, that I I was concerned about was his first key point, which is provide 150 billion dollars in infrastructure grants and technical assistance for municipalities and or states to build publicly owned and controlled cooperative open access broadband networks. Ah, right. So this is talking about municipal municipal broadband, which some um, some companies some I believe there are a few municipalities that do have it. There are um, now these are not run by the federal government right uh they're run by state or even not even state like local government um so i don't but, so while but those I are understand that but those are also paid for by the local or state government as opposed to this which would be paid for by the federal government and anytime the federal government gives out money there's always strings but you could say that yes i mean i think the federal government can also spy the federal government has had no problem spying on people through privately owned through privately owned isps absolutely i don't know that you know if you're which by the way town which by the way is why something like pure vpn is important guys (laughs) yes right (laughs) i i just don't i just I don't see like I'm looking at this and I don't see where this would provide infinitely more spying opportunities for the government than they than the government already has now. If you're concerned about about like a municipal broadband, for example, uh, if it existed, would be would presumably would be answerable to uh, your local city council or, or whatever. And there and now. Sure. You might worry about what they're going to do with the data. True, but, um, but, but them, but on the other hand, at least 
theoretically, those are people who are responsible to the public as opposed to, say, you know, people who are in charge of privacy at an ISP, at a private ISP where their number one concern is is shareholder value. Sure. So so they've got a lot a lot of motives not to respect your privacy. So that's true. I'm not saying that 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 one that is a municipal broadband um, will will be a panacea for for anything. But I don't know if it's I don't know if it's really going to if it can be any appreciably worse for your privacy than what we have going on right now with private vendors. Also to note, and I thought this was interesting, I think we've talked before about how there there are states where where cities that wanted to set up municipal broadband were actually prevented by law yeah. from doing it because the large providers had lobbied the state government to basically set to to enforce their monopoly Very true. with uh, with the public. And so one of the proposals is to allow allow uh, municipalities to do this. So I think, you know, I think the question is, you know, is this I, I don't first of all, $150 billion, uh, uh, $150 billion is not, well, I guess it's a fair amount of money. But, you know, when it comes to, to creating broadband throughout, my guess, my guess is that that my guess is that that piece of it wouldn't go very far right? because uh -huh. individual towns would have to say that they were going to, yes, you could have grants, but they would also have to spend their own money yeah. to some extent to yeah. provide broadband. Um, because, now I think because it's not an inexpensive process, which has been the, the whole thing, right? It, that's why right. some places have, you know, even somebody like Comcast or AT&T or Verizon has to take advantage of some of these grants because they it's just not financially feasible to service some people because it the yeah, the cost I, I will mean, never pay itself back. What what I would like to see I mean I think you know I would like to see something done to spur more competition. Mm -hmm. I think people would like to see that. And then I think Great. folks would like to see, uh, would like to see some some minimal level of of assurance that that your internet access was treated with the level of seriousness uh, that it deserves. Sure. Um, by that I by that I mean, you know, that it while it, it's not as life and death as electricity. Uh, it is a critical. It is a critical service in in the year 2019. Sure. Uh, to have it, like there are a lot of things in life you cannot do without internet. Now, you you know, realistically cannot search for and apply for a job. Yeah. Real, can't do a lot of types of things like banking. Um, you need you need internet. Yeah. So, the concept that internet has to internet has to be available to people it has to be um you know it has to be accessible yeah. so people can afford it agreed and it has to not be not be censored 
so that so that um, the ISPs can decide like what you read and see, yep. um, which I know is not totally addressed in this because that's really net neutrality. Right. But I think, but I think the principle that you have to to treat this as like a fundamental thing that people need to have access to is it is the principle that that they're going for mm-hmm. and i agree i agree that it seems a little bit weird that you would have like your local town council running an isp like i don't yeah i mean maybe if i lived somewhere where there was absolutely no alternative uh then i would want my town council to my you know local government to provide it um but you know i think more more likely it's incentivizing these companies to to do this and making sure that they can't totally gouge you on the prices because you don't normally have much of a choice right and i'm i'm a hundred percent on all of that for sure um i think I think it's a, uh, that internet today is an absolute cultural necessity. There's, like you said, there's so much stuff that you just can't do without it. I think it's absolutely a necessity, and I think everybody should be lobbying to uh, <laughs> to add those assurances on there, and encouraging towns and counties to get involved in it. However, I think might be uh, a silly pitch, but like you said, it's. It's probably it probably doesn't survive, uh, you know, a congressional pitch anyway. So I don't see. Uh, yeah, I also I don't I don't foresee. I also just don't foresee a lot of. I don't know. Maybe maybe in some rural areas, I just yeah. don't foresee a lot of. Maybe it's just where I live and who I know. Foresee a lot of people wanting their local government to Agreed. provide them with that. Agreed. Yeah. So, obviously. Like you said, the the chances that, well, with any political pitch like this, the chances that the that the fringe aspects of it stick around through committees in Congress are are low anyway. Uh, but this is definitely one of them. But I'm with you. I think the assurances on on being able to have and afford an internet connection is is essential today. So. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, you also get some cool features that not everybody knows about, like Amazon Prime Music, which offers several million tracks available for free as part of your subscription Amazon Prime Video, which offers uh, TV, movies, documentaries, both original and licensed content available as part of your subscription. My favorite is Twitch Prime, which gives you both uh, one free subscription where you can uh, support the creator of your choice, whether it be uh, Plug Hits Live or somebody else with your subscription, or uh, you also get uh, free games every month, which is wonderful if you're a PC gamer or uh, you're looking for add-ons for games. You get those uh, a lot of those for free as well, and you definitely want to check those out if you're already a Prime member. If you're not, we have a free 30-day trial and quick links 
to uh, some of these uh, features that are part of your subscription and more, all of which you can find by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Speaking of streaming video, we have uh, talked about the the buildup of a whole bunch of new services. Um, and this week was definitely one for um, contract talk. We saw a lot of um, information come out about you know the future of older shows like The Office or Friends that aren't on the air anymore and uh, where you'll be able to watch those. Uh, even current shows like um, like Rick and Morty are now going to be available in multiple places, but uh, one of the services that has been a little nebulous for us has been uh, Quibi, uh, the service run by former uh, HP and eBay CEO uh, Meg Whitman. Uh, the company, their pitch was... Uh, Quick Bytes, which is what Quibi is short for, and it's designed to be short-form content. Our fear was that that meant uh, Vine or TikTok, but for professionals. But uh, they have assured that it would be uh, longer than that, but shorter than a regular uh, show. And to prove what their content is intended to be, they announced a partnership this week with a series that I'm excited about. Uh, it's an, an older Comedy Central sketch comedy show called Reno 911. I loved Reno 911. Uh, if you've ever seen, if you've not seen this show, but you've seen Cops, it's uh, essentially Cops, but um, comedy <laughs> as a sketch show. It's a uh, it's a really funny series and. It makes me a little more comfortable about the platform, right? Because, you know, they announced that they were going to be exclusive with T-Mobile, which was a weird move. Um, they hadn't really talked about exactly what their content was going to be, which was a weird move. But at least now we understand, you know, sketch comedy totally fits into the idea of quick bites. So maybe we're starting to get a better picture of what they're going for here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I guess so. I think this is a very crowded field and they're going to have a really hard time breaking in. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess this is, I mean, good, good for them, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition in this space. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really not sure how they're going to, um, to, you know, whether this is going to be, uh, much of a success, but uh, I mean, yes, Reno 911 is something that, uh, you know, that's a good get for them, but sure. they're going to need a lot more than that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and hopefully we'll hear more. Uh, Meg Whitman will be doing a, uh, um, a keynote during CES uh, in just a couple of weeks, which is a horrifying sentence to say out loud. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she'll be doing a keynote. Hopefully we'll get a, enough information to wrap our heads around uh, what their intentions are here. But I I don't know. I keep going back to uh, Turner has, who is kind of the, 
has kind of been the king of broadcast short form, right? Because uh, Cartoon Network, uh, even if a show is 30 minutes, a lot of the shows do like two segments. You've got Adult Swim, which is known for 11-minute episodes. They're, they've kind of been the, the broadcast kings of, of shorter form content. And even they couldn't make a video streaming service of short form content work. Uh, thrice they have had three of them and they've shut them all down and i mean with you're talking about the the resources of turner which is now god turner is at&t now right so even with all of those resources they still couldn't make it work this startup is convinced that they're going to be able to do something the kings of short form content couldn't accomplish. I don't know. I mean, even college humor, you know, everybody seems right. to I have mean, succumbed in short form. Isn't there all, isn't there already a, a place for that? And that's called YouTube. You know, I mean, yes, YouTube is just the platform and, you know, you have to find who's using it for that. Sure. But eh, I also think the thing about short form content is, I don't know, I could be wrong here, but it just seems like it's not something that breeds great loyalty. So, right. Like, oh, I saw something cute on YouTube. Thanks. Sure. I'll go see something else. Yeah. Somebody sent me something. I don't see a lot of people are like, oh man, I can't wait to, to see, I can't wait and I'll pay to see what college humor is doing next. Right. 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 I mean, every now and again, there'll be a channel or something that I'll come back to. Cause I know they always have cute, funny stuff. Sure. Uh, like, uh, for example, screen screen rant, uh, is one that is one that I look at where they have the, the with the honest trailers. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so, okay. Like, I guess you could call that a form of short form, you know, short form humor, but, um, but I, I don't see there being like a lot of people who have such a great deal of loyalty to that. that They're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to keep coming back again and again. Yep. It's not like, okay, someone really wants to keep watching, uh, some of the Netflix shows, so they're going to keep subscribing to Netflix. Uh, they really want to see The Mandalorian. So they subscribe to Disney+. Plus. I don't foresee there being something like that for short form video. Oh, I, I can't wait to see the next cute little joke. So I'm going to give, give them my credit card to, to bill me every month. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. Um, you know, even if you... Even if you go back to, to, uh, to Turner, oh, well, if you look at College Humor, even their website doesn't exist today. Uh, their website just takes you to their YouTube channel, which is a huge change. Um, but um, you know, if you go back to Turner, the reason why even their short-form stuff is a success is because they package it in standard 30-minute blocks, Right. You go if you're gonna watch uh, an an episode of uh, of Teen Titans, 
It's a 30-minute block. Yes, it might contain two stories, so it's kind of short form, but they're still packaging it in standard in standard format. So, because you always feel weird like going in to invest time in a short form. You know, <laughs> the the idea of sitting down and turning yeah. on the TV just for an 11-minute episode is weird. And, you know, specifically going to a website on Tuesday to be able to watch the next episode of you know, the three minute Tim and Eric weird thing that they're doing, whatever it is at any given moment, you know, it's just not that compelling is what I think it comes down to. And I'm, I'm with you. I think they're, this is going to be an uphill battle. Um, that I mean, Meg Whitman has a history of successes behind her. Yes. This, I don't feel is going to be her next one though. I just can't, I can't see this taking off. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm underestimating the amount the amount of loyalty people have. I mean, think about it. The concept is you have a short attention span, right? But we want you to pay attention enough to to give us your money. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Now, I don't know because now you see. Have you seen this new trend where? where uh, Netflix has it. And I think just does, does Amazon have it yet where you can play uh, your move, your videos at like 1.5 or two X. So you can like, yeah, you can watch you. If you just don't have, if you're watching a show and you just don't have patience to sit through it, you can make it, you can make it go faster and everybody talks a little, a little bit higher octave. Uh huh. Um, I think YouTube offers a 1.25. Yeah, yeah. Now I could see that for something that is like it's a tutorial or something, and I just wanted to like sort of fast forward to the part that I need. Sure, sure. our our how to on the LEDs. Sure, I totally got it. But the idea of watching yeah. content that way, like scripted content, is weird to me. I'm with you. It's weird. It kind of makes your horror movie a little less scary. <laughs> Because there's timing Wait, I involved. I was waiting for him to jump out. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. There's so much time that goes into timing for comedy, for horror, for all of that. You know, screwing it up like that. Uh, anyway, I I don't know. I'll have a better, I'll have a better feeling about this. Whether it be a good feeling or a bad, I'll have a stronger feeling about this after the after the keynote at CES. So, I guess we've only got a couple more weeks to. Uh, to wait to see how we feel and that is our show thank you to those of you who joined us uh live especially for those of you who joined us for the first time uh Haley and uh live real media and a, a whole bunch of others who have scrolled off the screen at this point uh thank you for joining us uh live if you didn't and would like to in the future you can always go to f5live.tv slash join us on Friday. Oh, nope, Friday nights. What? Oh my goodness, we've only been doing this for 15 years, Avram. I have no idea what night it is. Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, f5live.tv slash join us. Um, if you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. You'll see all of our shows uh, and all the different ways that you can subscribe. Um, and I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. 
I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.